loving God, thank you for the opportunity to to meet in community. Just this week, I've been so connected to um, the privilege and joy of being part of a community that is at least reasonably functional and where there is a sense of, of safety and connection. Um, and I hope that is the case for everyone here today. Be with us now as we continue to look at the prophets and how they might speak to us now. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so we've, we've had a lot of quite talky weeks the last few weeks, so um, you'll be pleased to know we're going to be a bit lighter on the talk today. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I thought I'd write a song. It's um, not necessarily a song that you need to like, but it might be a good memorization technique <laughs> to connect with um, some of the main themes. I like to do like thematic summaries of the series in the form of song. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. But first, a little bit of, little bit of intro. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Tamsin gave us a beautiful and very simple summary of what prophets do. Um, and that's, I think, the Hebrew prophets, but all the prophets who follow in their footsteps. Uh, this is kind of a bridging week as well. So in the last few weeks, we've been looking at Micah. And in the next few weeks, we'll look at a few maybe modern day prophets who follow in the footsteps of the Hebrew prophets in doing two things. And so this is what House um, Tamsin summarized the work of the prophets. They say no, and then they say yes. So that's the... <laughs> That's the summary of what prophets do. They say no, and then they say yes. Uh, so they say no to the way things are, and they say yes to an alternative. Uh, it's that simple. So, for example, Micah, along with many of the other prophets, um, they had that pattern. They would rebuke and chastise. Such a great word, isn't it? Chastise. When do you hear the word chastise outside of the context of church? <laughs> chastise oh sometimes sometimes korean students i I used to teach english uh to university uh, aspiring university students and um a lot of the korean students have this fantastic like old school formal vocabulary and so they'll use words like chastise i remember a, a korean student had a a cat that had lost a leg and an eye and part part of its tail and the way he described his cat was that his cat must endure. <laughs> so, yes, endure. Endure the chastisement of life. Um, anyway, where were we? We're talking about Micah rebuking and chastising the injustice of those in power. Um, so that's the initial, the initial no, the no to the way things are, the injustice of the way things are. Um, but it, it doesn't stop there. Um, Micah and other prophets also paint word pictures of hope of what a reorder could look like. And these two moves are very closely interconnected. Uh, the image of something better is meant to return the listener back into their situation, changed and motivated to act differently. So the prophet's job, as Tamsin said, is to kind of clear a space so that we can imagine something 
new, an alternative way of being. And if you think about, as we will over the next few weeks, modern-day prophets, they're doing the same thing. They're saying no to aspects of the way things are, things that are making life unsustainable and inhuman, um, whether that's consumerism or um, the destruction of the environment or the destruction of so many species, so many forms of life. Um, So in the spirit of that no and that yes, uh, today I wanted to offer you this song. Um, So it's not, as I say, meant to be some kind of profound prophetic work, but just a little memory tool that might help us to recall some of the themes and images of our series so far, that no and that yes. So what I'll do is I'll sing it um, and then I'll just point out a a few things from it um, that we've looked at over the series. Then I'll sing it again and then we will be done. Um, It's a new song, so forgive me if I fluff the lines or that kind of thing. I'm going to move to the other microphone. Um, Yeah, some of these lyrics are from Shane, Tamsin and my conversation on Monday, so it's pretty fresh. I've had enough of war And the weapons that we build Wanna beat them into spades So we can dig instead of kill And plant a shady tree That we can sit beneath and dream I've had enough of haves and have-nots And the growing space between them I want to pull down and raise up So we all have a place for breathing Where we can plant a shady tree That we can sit beneath and dream Everyone's some mother's child. Everyone's some mother's child. Everyone's some mother's child. We are all some mother's child. I've had enough of all these things that own us more than we own them. Wanna beat them into space. So we can dig our way to freedom And find a shady tree That we can sit beneath and be And find a shady tree That we can sit beneath and be
So I'm going to sing it again in a, in a few minutes, but um, I just wanted to touch on a few things that I was trying to capture in that, um, so you can look back weeks in the podcast. Um, so the, the first image that um, I wanted to capture is the sort of the, the perspective of God as fierce mother. Um, so in the, obviously in the song, it's everyone's some mother's child, but um, I guess the, the vision of God that we're trying to cultivate in this community is that, that God is also the mother, the fierce mother of, of all of us, and that we need to engage with each other in the light of that reality, that we are not just all the, someone's child, but that um, God is the fierce mother of all and um, early on in our series, I talked about that as a, an image of God that could replace the very masculine images of God that we often see in the prophets. The idea of God as a mother who is driven away from her children by an abusive partner, sending a friend, the prophet, to beg that partner to be kind to their children. So that's one thing that I was trying to, to capture and... Um, I found this image this week of Sama Abu Latifa and her children in southern Gaza. Um, it's so powerful to, to think of God with that level of sadness and that level of tenderness in her relationship to us and to think of, of God's level of investment and solidarity and care with what's happening in Gaza, what's happening in Ukraine, what's happening all around the world is at the level of that, that mother's investment. And just to show that it's biblical, <laughs> yeah, here's two quotes from Isaiah that we looked at in that week. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Seems very appropriate in Jerusalem and in Gaza. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. It's just so revolutionary. For someone like me, the kind of image of God that I grew up with, the idea that God's level of care and investment for me is beyond that of my own mother. Um, it's just, yeah, it's kind of overwhelming as an image but so life-giving. Um, so I guess the other two key things that, again, I'm trying to capture in this song and that I hope we can carry forward in our community is this idea of no and this idea of yes. Um, that in the prophets we see Micah, as in Micah 2, saying no to the way things are, woe to those who plan iniquity, to those who plot evil on their beds. At morning's light, they carry it out because it is in their power to do it. They covet fields and seize them and houses and take them. They defraud people of their homes. They rob them of their inheritance. Um, <clears throat> so we've already talked about in this series the idea of trying to be a community like this, a community that says this no to injustice. And we'll, as I say, we'll look at some other prophets that do the same over the next few weeks to inspire us. Um, uh, but Micah, as Tamsin said, also says, yes, Yahweh will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for nations far and wide. 
They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under their own vine, under their own shade tree, and no one will make them afraid. Uh, so, yeah, it was this passage that was, a, again, a big inspiration for the wording of the song, the idea of having a tree, the idea of beating weapons into tools that we can use to, to grow things and to create peace and abundance. Um, and the last thing, as I said, it just came from a conversation. I, I can't actually remember what the context was, Shane, but it's yeah, Shane's phrase, everyone is some mother's child. Do you want to give context to that? Because I can't actually remember. Um, but I was just really struck by that phrase and wanted to put it into the song. Um, yeah, so it's actually from um, Eva Kitty, who is a um, feminist and disability um, philosopher um, and ethicist. And she has a, um, a special needs child um, who's would be in her 30s now, but um, has cerebral palsy and intellectual disability as well. And um, in the kind of ethics of care, one of her um, kind of arguments in it is that we think of every person alive as some other's child, like in the way that she, like people talk about um, what care a disabled person deserves and talks about, and people talk about who owes that care. Um, but in the abstract, it's so easy to um, become disconnected from that and make it an issue um, of just economics. Um, and her argument is, th is saying like, as a philosopher, I don't have that luxury. I have to think about my daughter as my child. And if we thought about every person who deserved care as some mother's child, as their mother, might think of them, then it changes the tone of the conversation, yeah, and makes and challenges our responsibility towards them, yeah. Thanks, Shane. Yeah, so maybe we'll post something on that this week, yeah. Yeah, so we have, yeah, we are a community where we have an abundance of words and ideas coming up all the time, and we, we had a whole series a while ago called... Uh, community of remembrance or community of memory, I think. I can't remember, ironically. Where we, yeah, we tried to sort of think about some of the series that we'd done and what the, um, yeah, to encapsulate some of the things that we wanted to carry forward with us. One thing that came out of that, which we almost never use, but which we should more, is a community prayer, which really tries to capture some of those things. Um, but, yeah, a, a lot of my songwriting for this community over the years has been an attempt to be a part of that process of of holding on to some of the jewels that come out from our series um, in amongst the kind of noise of beautiful noise of so many words and so many ideas um, so in the spirit of that i will yeah i'll sing the song again for you and hopefully yeah, there might be more resonance with it now. I also wanted to say that it was, it was Tamsin and Shane's idea that I play it twice, not my idea. And then I said, I said, come on, let's be reasonable. I've 
weapons that we build Wanna beat them into space So we can dig instead of kill And plant a shady tree That we can sit beneath and dream I've had enough of haves and have-nots And the growing space between them I wanna pull down and raise up So we all have a place for breathing Where we can plant a shady tree Where we can sit beneath and dream Some mother's child, everyone, some mother's child, everyone, some mother's child. We are all some mother's child. I've had enough of all these things that own us more than we own them. Wanna beat them into space. So we can dig our way to freedom And find a shady tree That we can sit beneath and dream And find a shady tree That we can sit beneath and be silence just reflecting on God as mother and the the no and the yes of the prophets so I think in my weekly note I I threatened that I was going to ask you to give me some workplace advice Um, I'm not going to do that but I do want to I do want to touch on it um, because we are a community that I think is quite good at casting a fairly grand 20,000-foot vision of the way that we should live. Um, but unless we are going to be prophets with an international profile, most of the prophetic work that we do is going to be in very kind of momentary ways uh, and ways in which where it, what it means to be a prophet might be a little bit difficult to discern. In our last series on wisdom, I, I talked about my work situation in my second job. We had a new CEO. They were treating a lot of people in a very punitive and unjust way. And um, as a person that wasn't targeted myself, I was working hard to, to try to discern how to advocate on behalf of my colleagues, how to speak truth to power. Um, so I, I now have three more weeks of the job to go. Um, I was saying to someone before, I quit in solidarity with my colleagues who've been forced out and also because I don't like the job. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of win-win. I get to look like a hero and leave a job I hate. 
And two, day, two days ago, the CEO sent an email out to people inviting us to a, a, you know, a meeting on the 12th of December, and then a, followed by a Christmas lunch. And I'm not sure what to do. Because she knows I'm leaving, she did say, oh, there's no need for you to attend the meeting if you don't want. Um, yeah, so I keep asking myself, what would Micah do? Um, would he boycott the lunch and the meeting entirely? Would he go to the meeting uninvited and stage some kind of intervention, um, speaking truth to power? Would he go to the meeting and lunch but eat the Christmas lunch in a kind of, with a kind of disgruntled facial expression as a sign of protest? <laughs> Anyway, I'm not, I'm not actually going to ask you for your advice, but if you do have advice, I'm more than, you know, I would more than welcome it after, after we finish. But I tell the story just as a way of illustrating the fact that yeah, the, the way we meet prophetic challenges in our life is in very humble, very grounded, and often very confusing ways. Um, we would like the prophetic task to be really clear. Uh, it's really obvious what we have to do in this situation, and it's often not. And we often get it wrong, uh, and that's why our fierce mother God is so forgiving of us and so kind, um, because it's hard to discern uh, how to be prophetic selves in a sustainable way. Um, but yeah, I hope as a community we can, we can help each other with that. We can support each other with that. We can be sounding boards for that, that this can be a place where we can bring our little how do I be a prophet in this situation dilemmas and... Um, find listening ears and um, wisdom. So as we come to communion this morning um, and bring whatever prophetic dilemmas we have to communion, let's just remind ourselves not just of the courage that Jesus demonstrated, but the incredible creativity and wisdom that Jesus showed in the way that he engaged with moment to moment the challenges of being a prophet to his people. In this meal, Jesus calls us to be a community of courage and a community of creativity together in challenging injustice wherever we find it. Um, even if that just means boycotting the Christmas work lunch. Um, so if you're new, the way we do communion is people come forward. They, do we have enough crackers for everyone to have one? I don't think so. So you can just, you know, crack the cracker with your knuckle and take a little bit, take a little thing of juice. And then when we're standing around in a circle, we eat and drink together feel absolutely no pressure or obligation to be a part of this if you don't want to, um, but also if you do want to, there's nothing preventing you from being a part of this. So, yeah, come forward. <laughs>